Hello and welcome to Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about service and empathy, both how they relate to the financial services industry and also as seen through the lens of another industry, uh, the restaurant industry, and based on a, an experience that uh, I had recently. There's a restaurant in our neighborhood that recently closed its doors after just about a year, maybe 18 months of operation. It's a beautiful space in a neighborhood that desperately needs a nice restaurant, but I have to say it wasn't a surprise that this place closed down. It's unfortunate, really, because we had been so excited for it to open and had even put in some work to make it happen beforehand, but it all came down to service and understanding what value you add to your audience. You have to first understand that Berkeley can be kind of a hard place to do business, and in this neighborhood, it can be nearly impossible. These owners were not the first to try to open a restaurant in this space, and the previous ones had given up due to the pushback, including a lawsuit filed against them, received from some local neighborhood groups. Some of those groups were quite dubious in their representation, but that's a story for another day. Despite the trouble the previous group had, this new ownership group seemed to have all the patience and open-mindedness to work with the folks who were providing the resistance and take the time to really find adequate solutions to the issues presented to them. They sought out the support of those of us in the neighborhood who were in favor of the project and eventually, with our help, got the approvals they needed to open up. We stopped in a couple of times in the first few weeks to have drinks and meet the new owners to express to them our excitement at having a fine dining option available within easy walking distance of our home, which we felt we had in some small way helped to facilitate. A neighborhood place that we could feel a part of and happily patronize. In those first few visits, however, the smallest of red flags started to be raised. Little things like really small pours of wine by the glass being measured out despite pretty hefty prices. The bartenders all carried a sort of aloof air of indifference, a condescending attitude that seemed almost rehearsed. It's not the first time I've encountered this, actually, and I think for some places it makes sense even. But this is a neighborhood place, not a destination crowd. And being poured small, expensive drinks by snotty bartenders, while not a huge problem, was certainly enough to raise an eyebrow. A few months later, it was our son's birthday. And we wanted to take him out, but somewhere close by. It was a weeknight, so we decided to visit the new place in earnest. It was a Tuesday night, and the place was fairly empty, so we were seated quickly and began to order. Now, we don't dine out every night, but our children are certainly not strangers to nice restaurants. And at the risk of bragging, I think they're generally very well behaved. We also don't bring our kids to a nice restaurant expecting to see a kid's menu with mac and cheese and pizza, but most of the time they'll at least make an effort to accommodate them, like maybe making a plate of pasta which is some butter and cheese if they already have pasta on the menu, or something to that effect. Anyhow, my son just ordered a burger off the main menu, but the waitress for some reason felt the need to make it clear that we probably should have chosen somewhere else to go with our kids. It was too late for all that, and the chef apparently had no problem accommodating my daughter's request for a plate of butter pasta, but suffice it to say that the treatment we received from the waitress after that continued to deteriorate as the night progressed. By the end of the meal, we had really just had enough and wanted to get out of there. It's important to understand that this restaurant has also adopted a policy, which is becoming more popular these days, of automatically adding a 15% gratuity to every single bill, so we couldn't even leave a tip commensurate with the poor level of service we encountered. Anyhow, when the bill arrived, it was even more bad news. Over $180 for two adults and two kids, and we had brought a bottle of our own wine. They charged us the full price of their pasta dish for my daughter's pasta with butter, and the rest was just wildly expensive. 
Now, neither Tracy or I tend to be the confrontational types, and rarely, if ever, do we send back food or make complaints about service. We both would rather just make a mental note and take our business elsewhere in the future, but for Tracy, it had simply been too much. So when I took the kids for an ice cream around the corner, she went back and asked to speak to one of the owners who was there that night. She explained our disappointment in the service we had received, especially considering it had been our son's birthday as well as the fact that we had worked to help to open the restaurant in the first place, including writing letters and emails to the city council in support of them beforehand. After running down the issues with the manager, she was treated with this response. Well, the waitress made a mistake with the pasta. It should only have been X amount of dollars. I'll tell you what, next time you come in, remind me about this and I'll buy you a drink. Well, needless to say, my wife was incredulous and somehow found the strength to refrain from lashing out and explaining that not only would there not be a next time, but she'd be sure to explain to anyone who asked exactly what she thought of the place. Suffice it to say, we never returned. A few weeks later, I was recounting this experience to Jarrett's brother, who, as it happens, runs a number of restaurants in Colorado and is quite successful at it. He laughed when I was telling him this because while it's extremely annoying and unprofessional, he explained, it's really common and one reason so many restaurants fail. They just don't seem to understand they're in the service business. I asked him what his response would have been to Tracy's concerns. He told me the first thing he would have done was comp the entire meal, apologize profusely, as well as promise to speak with the waitress about it and work with her on understanding the kind of service they expect. Look, he said, you never know what's going on with somebody. She could be having a really hard day, or, or maybe she felt like she was treated badly by us in some way herself. So he explained he wouldn't just jump down her throat, but he said we would definitely have a conversation about it and about how we want customers to be treated. At the end of the day, he explained, people have so many choices about where to spend their money, and when they choose your establishment, you've got to treat that with the respect it deserves. If you do, you'll have loyal customers, even if there are occasional mistakes made. If you don't, you'll be out of business. This whole experience really has stayed with me, and I often think of it and bring it up when we're discussing our service model here at TDWM. So many financial advisors think of the services they provide in terms of their expertise in investing or financial planning, etc., but fail to realize that they're really in the service business. And if they don't work to really understand their clients' concerns and how the services they offer are being delivered, they'll likely end up suffering the same fate as so many restaurants. There's so much being said and written these days about technology and how the rise in automation is causing disruption and replacing workers in so many different industries. And who wouldn't prefer a robot to a surly waitress treating you badly all evening? In the financial advice industry, it's the recent rise of robo-advisors that has captured the angst of those worried they're going to be replaced. But there's one thing a robot is unlikely to master anytime soon, and that is empathy. The ability to understand the hopes, fears, and struggles of human beings striving towards fiscal stability and financial independence for them or their families. This is really what we do, I think. There's another restaurant Tracy and I go to. It's a little farther away, but we love it. The food is good, if not spectacular. The wine pours are generous, and most of all, the service is always warm and friendly. They treat you like your business is important to them, no matter what. The prices aren't cheap, but we've never left there feeling like we overpaid precisely because of the way we're treated. When you go there, it feels like they understand that with kids and work and life, it isn't easy to get out for an evening, and they appreciate the fact that you've chosen to come to them when you can. I think it's basically the same in any service industry, including financial services, but so often that gets lost. 
So many in our industry think that their fees are justified by their ability to build a great plan or construct a tight investment portfolio. That, I think, misses the point. A robot can build a tight portfolio and even build a decent plan assuming the input is high quality. What it can't do is understand the emotional stress of seeing your life savings go down 30% in a year, or what it feels like to fully comprehend for the first time how much it's going to cost to send your three kids to UC Berkeley. That's what clients want from their advisors. Sure, we need to know how to do those other things well, but the empathy to feel what our clients go through when we're making recommendations on handle the most important financial decisions in their lives is what I believe truly adds value. It's the little things is a phrase we hear quite often, and for good reason. Something as simple as returning an email promptly or understanding that even if it's just another work night for you, it's a ninth birthday for somebody else can make a big difference to another person. It demonstrates a commitment to a high level of service and shows a level of respect for their time and hard-earned money. At the end of the day, I also think it's likely the deciding factor for why people choose to frequent certain restaurants, hire a certain financial advisor, or patronize any establishment or service provider, whether they see themselves as such or not. We all make mistakes, but if we commit to trying to reach the highest possible level of service and empathize a little bit more with others, we might just get there and certainly we'll have better experiences along the way. <laughs>